Well, good morning, everybody. Glad uh, you guys are here on this Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, we're really glad you're, you're here to, to join us. And uh, today we are continuing or starting, you can't continue and start, we're starting, launching a new message series called Caught in the Undertow. And if you look at the image here, um, we're going to be talking about Christmas and what happens during this time of year, specifically Sometimes what happens when, despite all the anticipation and the things that we're looking forward to, what happens when we can kind of be overcome by the current of some of the things that, that just hit us this time of year? And it's officially the first Sunday after Thanksgiving, and so I don't know about you, but that's kind of the natural, now you start talking about Christmas, you start listening to Christmas music. So just as a way of like getting kind of the, the vibe of this group, how many of you have already uh, set up your Christmas tree. Could you raise your hands? Okay. The rest of you just aren't feeling it, you know? Okay. Today. Oh, today. So he's like, come on, speed it up. Today, we're doing it. All right. Uh, how many of you started listening to Christmas music? Oh, okay. We're already... Now that, it's pretty good. Okay. Um, how many of you have already put the tree back and you're just done? Like, any, Okay, good. That was just a test. Uh, we put our tree up on Friday... And we put the Christmas music and we've already started watching Christmas movies. And um, that's just what we do every year. We kind of have this time and we, we get ready and we get in the Christmas spirit. Um, and we kind of have this sense in our culture, like we're supposed to act a certain way in the Christmas spirit. We're supposed to like look out for each other. And there's supposed to be like maybe a different feeling this time of year than uh, the rest of the year. And all of us have this kind of sense of what Christmas could bring, what it should bring, times to get together and be with people, be with family. And there's just a lot of anticipation that, that can come. However, this time of year also can bring the most stress. And so we're going to be talking about how to deal with the, some of the tension points that come this time of year, along with all of the, the important stuff related to the reason that we celebrate Christmas. And that's what we're going to be looking at over the next three weeks. How did Jesus coming to earth actually give us a new way of life and a new way that we can live despite all the things that can kind of mount on us? And so uh, I already mentioned Christmas trees and movies, but here's a few things also that, that are important to me at Christmas. I just want to share these so you can know me a little bit better. I love eggnog, okay? I specifically love drinking eggnog. I have a mug just like this. And some of you may know where you've seen that before, but it's from a movie and um, it just tastes better in a glass little reindeer mug. I don't know how it's not scientific. It just that's my experience. So another little survey. How many of you love eggnog? And then how many of you just hate it? Even the name of it. Like nog. What is that? An egg like you don't what it's and you look at the ingredients. Don't do that. Just drink it. Okay, just drink it. Uh, eggnog, and there's some other images for me that I, I really like. Go ahead and scroll those. Uh, this is the Grove at Christmas. I was actually at the Grove yesterday, not at nighttime, but in the day, and, and the Christmas tree's already up. You got the, the little train that goes through with the wreath and just kind of gets you feeling, and then you're like, get out of here before the crowds come, okay? Uh, the next thing, okay, you'll shoot your eye out. Anybody? Anybody love this one? Okay. And next one, this, this one I watched last night. Yeah. All right, little elf, okay, you either, that's kind of like eggnog, love elf or hate elf, okay, Depend, depends on where you're at, but, but all of these 
uh, I, I look forward to. And then if you're a Christ follower in the midst of all that, there's this sense of how do I slow down and how do I actually focus on not just these like fun things about Christmas, but really the gift that is Jesus. How do I how do I focus on it? And there's an image uh, for that. And in the midst of it, as you look at that image, sometimes in all the different things that you're doing, it's actually very easy to forget this. And that's actually the reason that we celebrate Christmas. And so we're going to be talking about how to kind of stay focused on this in the midst of all the other things that we tend to focus on and are a part of over the holiday season. So we're going to be spending the next three weeks talking about different waves that can overwhelm us at Christmas. And I just want to highlight those. And what we're going to be talking about today is how we can overcome the undertow of the waves of demand that ramp up for us at Christmas time. During the holiday season, demands usually are up in our life. Uh, demands are up for people all around, around us. Uh, work, you kind of have to ramp up before people take a break. And so there's just the sense of time is ticking. And there's just these demands that weigh on us. So we're going to talk about that today and how to overcome that. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about the waves of comparison. And Christmas time is actually a time where in the midst of everything that should be like celebratory and fun... There's a time in which we kind of look at others around us and wish we were in their shoes or we look at others around us and are glad we're not in their shoes or even for our own life. We had a picture of where we thought we should be, but something about Christmas time causes us to reflect and slow down. And there's can be a lot of disappointment. Like I'm not where I thought I should be. I haven't reached the goal where I want to be. And so there's even comparison with our own idea of ourselves. And so we're going to talk about that. Next week, and then we're going to close off the series talking about the waves of uncertainty. What about the unknown? Uh, over the next few weeks, there's so much that we have to do, and there's so much celebration. But what about the unknown? Like what looms for us in the new year? Maybe there's unknown in your job. Maybe there's unknown in some of your relationships. Some future things you're trying to figure out. It's not nailed down. What do we do in the midst of of these things? And demands, comparison, and uncertainty. These things can actually crush us during the holidays. In the midst of all that we should be doing and kind of the smile that we want to have on our face, these things are oftentimes beneath the surface in our hearts and in our minds, and they can be consuming. They can actually rob us of the joy that we're meant to experience at Christmas time. Not because of all the lights and food, but, but because of the joy in Jesus. And so we're going to talk about how do you counter the current of, of the undertow and how do you kind of get to the place that that really God can can speak to us and we can actually experience what what he wants. And so I hope you can can join us. I also want to encourage you this time of year. People are also uh, lonely a lot. And there's people that you're relating to in your family and at your workplace, in your neighborhood. I encourage you uh, specifically if, if you're a follower of Christ. Look for opportunities to connect to people around you this Christmas. Uh, you may have all sorts of family and obligations, but there's a lot of people that, that actually don't. And so in the midst of all this that we're talking about, there's people that are experiencing these waves on them. And they actually, they don't have hope. And they don't have anyone to talk to. And they don't have anyone that they can process what's going on in their life. So I want you in the midst of everything we're talking about to also think, how could God use you to help uh, those that you're connecting with. And so begin to kind of pray through that. So today I want to talk about the demands that can, can drown us. 
And demands usually come from two places. The first is uh, my own expectations. Okay. Um, talking about Christmas and from now until Christmas Day, there's about 29 days. Uh, I have kids, so like the countdown's already started. Like first I want to know when can we open the advent calendar to get like the chocolate out. And you're trying to think, well, how do I help them to see that the countdown is more than the chocolate? That's task one. Okay. But, you know, the countdown's starting. But in that time frame, the 29 days between now and Christmas, there's just a lot of expectations that, that we have uh, in our own life. And expectations usually come based on how you want things to go. It's your, your idea of what your days should look like. And it's not just in 29 days. It happens one day at a time. You wake up tomorrow and you're, you have an expectation of what your day looks like. You're going to go to a function at work and you have an expectation of what's going to happen, not happen. And expectations, without us realizing oftentimes, put a lot of demands on us because we, we want things to go the way that we want them to go. Like we have this ideal picture of what we want to happen. Uh, in, in full confession, this was me on Friday. I took the kids to the park and we were playing and I was like counting down the time to get home so we could get the Christmas stuff out because like I wanted to have that done on Friday. I had a picture of Christmas needed to be set up on Friday. But you know what? I didn't tell anyone else that. Have you ever done that? You have an expectation. Here's what wants to happen. And people need to read my mind and agree with it. And then we all do it together. And so it looked like something like this. The kids are crying. All right, kids, come on. Help me in the garage. We're going to get the Christmas stuff. And, and we started grabbing the stuff. And I just started pulling it in the house. And there was things like I hadn't figured out, like, where are we going to put the tree? And then if to put the tree somewhere, where are we going to put the furniture where the tree is supposed to be? And then, like, who's going to vacuum those spots when you move the couch where the vacuum hasn't been since last year when you moved the tree? You guys, you know, you guys do that too, right? Like you, you have all this stuff. And what happened was I had a plan and I had this picture and we we're going to have Christmas and we we're going to really enjoy it. So everyone stop what you're doing and make it happen. And all of a sudden I realized, like, people weren't feeling it like I was. You know that, like, the Christmas joy, like I was ready to, you know, I was like feeling it. And I'm looking around people and they're kind of like in their own world doing their own thing. And what I realized in the midst of this is I had expectations for myself. And then I had expectations for everyone else involved around me to have the same ideas. And these expectations, I didn't ask anybody. I just assumed what I want is what they want. But this puts a lot of demand on us because when it doesn't go our way, we tend to react kind of squirrely. Squirrely being like we, we get bothered. Inside, we're a little frustrated at people. And then you realize, like, they had no idea what I wanted, but they didn't do it, and therefore, there's some friction. Right? Welcome to Christmas. Doesn't that just sum up the next 29 days? But if they're not expectations from ourselves, then we, we have actually expectations from others as well. This is there's people in your life, family members, friends, coworkers that actually have a plan for you. And you may not know it. They want you to do or to be somewhere at a certain time. And you may know it, you may not, but people have expectations on you. And we've all felt that that kind of pressure that we have from others to do something or to be somewhere at a certain time to make everyone happy. And at Christmas time, that really ramps up because mo most of the time 
the expectations are increased. People, again, they want certain things to happen this time of year. So demands come primarily from these two places, my own expectations, my own ideas, how I want things to go. And then everyone else, their own ideas that impact me as well. And I don't need to kind of talk about that anymore. We, we all experience that. We know what that's like. But speaking of this caught in the undertow, this is like these two things, expectations, these are like waves that, that overcome us. Now, I'm not talking about like little ripples in the water. When you're caught in the undertow, these are current. These are waves. It's actually like a wave that is the thickest wave in the world called a chopu, and it's in Tahiti, and it looks like this. That's, that's what demands are like. It's a wave like that. Chopu is the thickest wave in the world, which means it has the most water behind it, and that's what demands are. There's just this, this weight that is upon us from expectations that can crush us. And I have a little clip I want to show you because you see this picture and you're like, wow, that's a big wave. But like, look at him. He's a really good surfer. But check out this, this little clip. It's about a minute long. Check out this clip of, of what this wave looks like in real life. That's us. happened what happened i don't know he made it i think he made it out but you see those you see those those waves and i mean you just see the amount of water but behind them like if you if you go down on there you're, you're in trouble and you know all these people they're professional surfers you can't do this you know i can't go out there and be like hey guys like let's ride the wave you know it doesn't go well because even these professionals you see see what happens and this, this, this thickness of the water is what makes this wave unique. And that's a lot like, like demands. They just, there's a, a weight on, a, on us this time of year that if, if we don't think in the right way or act in the right way, it, it is overwhelming, just like what we just saw. And so I want to kind of shift gears and talk about how do we overcome demands on us this time of year? And how are we supposed to think differently and, and act differently knowing all of this. Now, just like in this wave, there's actually a different way than we survive. If you're caught in that wave, there's a part in which you think, I have to muscle my way through it and push to get through the other side. Well, if you do that on a wave like that, there, you can't. There's so much water, you can't possibly swim through it. But there's a part in which, when that's happening, you think, I have to fight it so I can get through. It's actually counterintuitive. You actually have to dive under and wait for the swell to pass, and then you can get to safety. There's a part of us that the thought of like going down deeper, like why would we want to do that? And that, that's how it is with demands and, and thinking differently. There's oftentimes when 
demands happen. We get into this mode of, I need to perform. I need to make everyone happy. I need to do everything that I have on my plate perfectly, and, and it will all work out. That's us trying to muscle through the demands on us. Instead, when you actually decide to follow Jesus and you commit your life to Christ, so many times the muscling through and the performance and pleasing others, that's not the way to pleasing God. That's not the way to actually handling things in the right way. And so this morning over the next few weeks, we're going to look at how do we actually dig into God's perspective, just like you would this wave, and and go down and and learn something different so we can come up on, on the other side. And so I want to just give you kind of three things that can help each of us as we we have demands on us. The first is we need to choose a higher vantage point. When we have these waves of demand on us, we need to think differently about our situation. And uh, there's a lot of scriptures in the New Testament and in the Old Testament that speak of looking at your situation, your circumstances, the people around you differently. And that's perspective. Seeing things differently. Perspective makes all the difference in life. Because our perspective and what we think is important, that causes us to do what we do. So if we see things the same way, we're always going to do things that way. But if we change the way we see it, we can actually act differently. So when we see things differently, we can act differently. And so one of the things that we need to do with demands that are on us is we can't just see them the same way or muscle through them, or perform like we've always done. That's native to us. Things aren't going well, so we just do better. That's how we earn it. All of us have that in us. That's what sin is. Independently from God, I can do what I need to do to be okay. Each of us have that. It's survival. We want to just survive and muscle up under the pressure. But in the scriptures, you actually need to see things completely different. You have to have a different perspective and a different vantage point. And here's a scripture that speaks to this, to a a group of of Christians that were doing what's native to all of us, seeing things in an earthly way. And this is what uh, Paul wrote to them as he was trying to help them grow. It says this, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. So if you're a Christian, you actually need to see things differently. That's what he's saying, where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And he's giving this different picture. All of us, when demands hit, we tend to just look at all that's happening in our life and we're looking down here. Why am I so stressed? What am I going to do? What am I going to do about this person that wants me to do this? This didn't go my way. I'm disappointed. What do I do with that disappointment? And we're always looking at how do we kind of analyze and solve our problems and our situations and circumstances. What Paul is saying is if you're a Christian, you have a vantage point now that is actually where God is. And God isn't on this earth. He's not made from man's hands. He is God. And he made us. And so he has a circumspect point of view and he has an aerial shot of the world and everything that that we can actually see things differently and notice that paul says for you have died and your life is hidden with christ in god he's talking about identity and the way that you counter demands on you is you actually have to focus on who you are and your identity in christ and so a christian realizes that when demands are on us we can handle what we have 
based on the grace of God and the strength he gives us, not our ability to perform, not our ability to handle all that we have on our plate in a way that makes us look good, or in a way that makes people around us look good. We actually are okay, so we don't have to feel the pressure of performing. And all of us have that. And what Paul's saying is you have to see it differently. You can't earn your way to being right with God. You can't earn your way to being okay with people. That's happened because of Christ. And so when you get into performance and feeling like you have to earn your way to be okay with people, or you have to please God from earning it, Paul's saying you're, you're looking at it like earthly things. You're trying to kind of measure your works. Like, okay, I've done this, so I'm okay. I've not done this, so I better do better on this to kind of counter that. And we have this, our own scale. And this is what demands do. They, they weigh on us, and so we try to figure out how do we just come out on top. Well, actually, we can't do that because we, over time and as life gets more complicated, the demands weigh on us more. And so the life being hidden with Christ is saying that your identity and who you are, if you're a Christ follower, your identity is safe. You don't have to perform to please God or anyone else. Because what makes you okay is not your own performance. It's Jesus Christ. And so when we celebrate at Christmas that Jesus came, we're celebrating so much more than just a baby in a manger. We're celebrating the fact that we can see things differently because Christ has paid the price for our performance and the fact that we can't be good enough. So that's why it's the best news because we can get off this hamster wheel of trying to be good enough. So Paul's saying you, you can't just look at your demands and think, okay, I'm going to do better here, I'm going to do better there. I hope this person will come through here and it's all going to work out. We know that. Things unravel. We can't perform. We can't handle everything that's on our plate. So what Paul's saying is you have to tap into the source of strength and that, that's God through Jesus Christ. And when you do that, you can be rescued from seeing things in an earthly way. So when demands hit, I can realize, like, you know what, God, I'm, I'm just trying to do everything on my own strength. And so seeking things differently is, is really important. So what that looks like practically, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit, is as demands are hitting on you, you have to just recognize that they're happening. And when they're hitting and they're weighing and you can feel the thickness of that on you, then you have to ask, okay, God, what, what do I need to do right now? So we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Uh, the second thing that's key to overcoming this wave of demand this time of year and, and really all the time is, is to aiming to please God, not people. Think about this for yourself. How many of you really like it when somebody is happy with you? Right? Wow, some of you are like brave and raise your hand. Like, you need to put yourself out there. But it's in all of us. Like, we would rather somebody be happy with us than mad, right? We don't like it when people aren't pleased with us. We don't like it when people aren't happy with us. In fact, if somebody's disappointed with us, uh, that can really weigh on us. And that's from a young age. As kids, we're always growing up like, how can we make mom and dad happy? How can we make my teacher happy? And we look to that. But what you find is if you live life based on trying to make others happy and pleasing them, you actually are going to get crushed by the demand of that. Because you, you can't base success in your life based on other people's happiness of what you do. 
And we know that when we get to the point where like, have you ever said this phrase? I can't win. You ever said that? Man, I've, I've said that so many times. You're thinking if I just act in this way and do this thing, especially this time of year, if I show up and I show love to this person and then I care about them, everything's going to work out. And then something just unravels. Somebody gets sick. The person didn't appreciate what you were doing because they didn't want you to do that. And then you say, I can't win. I can't win. And that comes from this idea of we want to win. We want people to be pleased and happy with us. But if we base our own success and who we are based on others, people view of us, we, we get caught in a, in a trap. That's what Proverbs twenty nine twenty five says. It says the fear of man lays a snare but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. So when you are overly concerned with what people think of you, you're, you're actually trapped by that. It's something that wraps around you. Other people's view of you causes you to just be paralyzed. This is like a snare that, you know, it's not just like, oh, I'm trapped and I'm just going to pull my leg out. It's a snare. It's, it's locked you up. The counter is is trusting in God. If you trust in God, then you're kept safe. So this time of year, the pressures from other people can really weigh on us without even realizing. Somebody said something, and we're not exactly sure what they meant, but we're just going to kind of act and try to make them happy. And they said, I really need to get to this this event, and I I just don't really have the time to do it, but if I don't go, how are they going to think? What are they going to think of me? And these things just happen all the time. But the way out is you actually fear God. You do right by God. Now, what that means is, is not just I'm going to serve God and then forget everybody else. It doesn't work like that. To actually fear God and to trust in him means that you will actually look to others' interests and you will love them in a real way. But it's not based on you trying to get their approval. And so I, I encourage you, as you're thinking through just what's going on in your life and all the things on your plate, just as that kind of approval, like, what will somebody think of me if I do this or not do that? As that comes up, identify that. Because right there, there's something that, that's it's a, it's a demand on you, and it, and it can overwhelm. Uh, there's another verse that speaks to this in Galatians 1. It says this, For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. So if you're a Christ follower, you actually give up the need to be approved by others. Now, that is so easy to say. Like, I'm a Christian. I'm not going to care what people think. And there's a part of it where we should be concerned with our reputation and God's in charge of that, but who we are and, and how people see us. But the idea of wanting to please them. You, you actually can't. Paul's saying you, you can't be a servant of Christ and then just want approval from man. It's this idea of who, who's the most important person and who, who am I really trying to please? And oftentimes, God brings us to the place where we have to choose. Am I going to do what God wants me to do in a situation or am I going to do what somebody else wants me to do? What Paul's saying here is a servant of Christ your, your primary motivation can't be to please him. Okay, so we need to see things differently. 
And that is, what does God want me to do in this situation? What's important to him? And then we need to please him and not just focus on pleasing others. Those are two keys. And there's a third one. And that is deciding to use our freedom to serve. And so that's where it kind of becomes a little bit more counterintuitive. Because we want to please God first. And we want to care what he thinks. When you do that, you actually have more opportunities to love those around you. See, God doesn't just pull us and isolate us and withdraw us from people. He actually provides more opportunities for us to extend his love to other people. Because when the scripture is saying you're died and your life is now hidden with Christ, it's saying what's important to him now becomes important to you. And you had this motivation to live for yourself. But when you become a Christian, you now live for Jesus. And so your priorities shift and you're changing from the inside out. Doesn't mean that you don't battle. You still battle, but you now have a new reflex. And that new reflex, that freedom to please God now comes in a way that we can actually bless those around me. In Galatians 3, that the thought continues of like thinking just not here on earth and thinking more kingdom minded. And, and this is this is what it says. It says, for you are called to freedom, brothers. This is, again, talking to people who've committed their lives to Christ. So you're called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love, serve one another. So the opportunity of the flesh is do not use your freedom. Like when you're a Christian and you now have new life and new reflexes and God living in you, you don't use that to just make yourself happy. It's not even about you. It's not just about being okay yourself. It's like, thank you, God, for all that you've done in my life. It can be so self-centered, even our faith. What Paul's saying is you use love that he's given you to serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. You see the contrast in that scripture. You get this beautiful picture of freedom, loving, serving, loving our neighbor as ourself. And then there's the warning. If you don't do this, watch out that you do not bite and devour one another. I've been at some Christmas gatherings where like, I mean, people aren't biting each other literally, but there's been friction and some issues in family. And sometimes it's been with me even because of choices I've made. And Paul's saying it's so easy because of expectations and it's so easy for wanting to please others. These things pull at us, these native reflexes that if we don't watch out, we can be consumed by that feeling. We can be consumed by that reality of just focusing on what's important to us in the moment. So watch out that you're not consumed by one another. And that's what happens if we, in the moment, try to power up and get what we want. There's a part in which we're, we can be very hard-nosed people. We can be hard-headed, hard-hearted, and we just forget people. But what God does is, is we rely on him. And again, our identity is secure in him because that's where our new life is. We realize, like, I don't have to push people away because I'm afraid of what they're going to do to me. I can actually love them because God has made me secure. Their view of me is not my primary concern. 
pleasing God is. And what pleases God is for us to love. So we have to see things differently. What does God want from me in the moment? Which leads us to the next point that we, we actually need to please him, not seek the approval of others. Which leads us to the next point that because we are approved by God and we're okay with him, we actually can love the people around us. So it actually frees us up to do things without obligation. It actually frees us up to do things without manipulation. It actually frees us up to do things in a pure way because it's been God-centered, not filtered through our own desires. This right here is, is a battle. But these three things, seeing things differently, choosing to please God, and then loving those around us, this can change our entire Christmas experience. This can change the interaction that people have with us. This is what people are longing for this time of year. We love gifts. We love gatherings. We love parties. We love feelings of just being loved by people. But ultimately what people want is purpose. And they want to be loved. And they want to have a clear identity of who they were made to be. This is only found in the person of Jesus Christ. And so think about that. This is what everybody longs for this time of year more than ever. And God has given us, through Jesus Christ, the way to get it. And so I want to shift gears and talk about what happens when this pressure mounts. And just practically, based on these three things, what does it practically mean I need to do? Okay. First is, when the pressure mounts, I need to identify the demands that are weighing on me. You have demands right now. And your demands are probably different than my demands. But sometimes there's this overwhelming sense of, I have so much to do, I don't know how I'm going to do it, that it, it can even take us out before we've even gotten started. And so one of the, the things you want to do is just, what are the things that are weighing on you right now? Like, what is overwhelming you? Uh, what is discouraging you? As we're talking about waves, we can have waves of feeling that can come over us, and it's just kind of like dark clouds. And we just don't feel right. We wake up and it just kind of feels like we're slow to kind of get motivated. Oftentimes it's because there's things on us that we haven't even identified yet. So I encourage you, what is going on in your life right now that is weighing on you? Is it a strange relationship? Is it just the amount of work that you have to do? Is it your health? Is it just some things that you want to see happen that haven't happened and you're worried? What are those things? And begin to identify those because that is where God wants to work in you this Christmas. Not in some arbitrary thing, but in the actual pressure you're facing right now. God grows us in the pressure. So identify where is the pressure for you. And for me, what, what helps is, is in those moments, what fixes my mind to think differently, that perspective, is I need to invite God into my situation. And so... As you face this and you're like identifying these demands and they're weighing on you, say a, say a prayer to God. It looks something like this. God, I'm accepted by you. Help me to focus on what is most important in the midst of being overwhelmed. That's like a pressure release valve. It takes a little bit of the pressure. Like, okay, God, that's right. My identity is secure. I'm okay. You love me. 
but I'm still overwhelmed. So in the midst of it, help me to do what's most important to you. So you may, you may want to pray that. The next thing is set my heart to please God alone. You actually don't need to cave into the demands of others, but you can treat them well. And so in the midst of maybe expectations people are putting on you, you have to think, how can I do what God wants me to do in the moment, but at the same time, treat them in the way that makes God happy? And that actually, we need God's help. Because it's easy for us to just be extreme. I'll do everything that somebody wants me to do, or I'm going to run from that person and just escape. That just seems so much easier. I'll just do it all, or I'll do nothing. I'll make them happy, or I'll ignore them. But it's actually not that simple. There's still ways to, to treat them right. And so a prayer you could say in this is, is uh, God help me to please you and not place my value in what others think of me. And what pleases God is to treat them right. So it doesn't mean that you're treating them wrongly, but you're treating them right, but in the midst of pleasing him. Okay, and then the third is take steps to serve others willingly. So as you're around people this Christmas season, at work or in your neighborhood, in your family, extended family, friends, all the different people you have the opportunity to interact with, how can you serve those around you? And oftentimes it means that you have to inconvenience yourself. My wife and I, we, we, we help each other out because sometimes there's a thing called uh, chair parenting. Do you know what that is? It's actually not a thing. I just made it up. But chair parenting is I'm going to try to parent by just sitting down. Do you know it doesn't work? It's, the reason it's not a thing is because it actually doesn't work. But even this morning, my, my kids have needs and I'm sitting down and I'm drinking a cup of coffee and everything in me wants to sit down and drink a cup of coffee. But my kids would like me to help him with something. But I'm drinking half a cup, cup of coffee and I'm sitting down. Did I mention that? And it's cold in my house and I'm sipping a cup of coffee and I'm sitting down. And I'm enjoying that. And all of us have those different things. We have like the little things that we like to do and we don't want to be bothered. But just like with parenting, it's the same with people. You, you can't actually serve people and still get just everything you want in the moment. Serving and convenience don't actually go together. So just like in parenting, you have to actually get up and be a help. In our own life, we actually have to take step forward to take initiative to serve those around us. And so to serve others willingly means that we're looking for ways to do that. And we're asking God to show us those ways. And so a prayer you could pray is, uh, God, help me to serve those around me and not compete. This is a part, in, you know, we care what people think, but we also want to be better than others. It's really hard to serve somebody if you want to be in front of them. You can't help them because you're in front and they're behind and you don't see them anymore. So there's a sense in which God help me to look around, look behind Look to the side, look in front, and just see who is on my path that I'm getting to interact with. And that's the idea of loving your neighbor, as Jesus commanded. A neighbor is not just a geographic location. A neighbor is anyone that God places in your path in any given moment. 
that's your neighbor. And so if you want to have a release from the demands, look to serve. It's counterintuitive, but there's something about that that it pleases the Lord and you, you actually get his grace and help in the moment. And so th- those are three things. I, I just encourage you, kind of look at that in your own life and, and kind of figure out where, where am I and what are the steps that I need to take? Is it serving? Is it really trying to just in the moment please God opposed to like caring what people think? Then is it just maybe in the midst of everything asking, what does God want from me in this situation? So I hope you've got some stuff that you can kind of think about. And I encourage you, take some time this week to think through this. And I'm going to wrap up with some next steps. I invite uh, Ben and, and Eric to come to come up and they're going to lead us in another song. We're going to receive our offering. Uh, but some next steps just related to what I've talked about, uh, you can find on the back of the connection card. And it's related to what I've already said. But you might want to memorize scripture. Scripture has a way of giving us perspective. You know, I said you need to see things differently so you can act differently. The way you see things differently is you need the truth to counter some of the falsehood in your life. And so Colossians 3, 2, just a reminder, help me to set my mind on the things that are above, on what matters to you, God. Okay. The second step is serve those around me by, um, I encourage you, don't just say like loving them. Like, how do you know what that is? But think about it. How could you serve somebody specifically? And if you can, when could you do it? And if you know something's going to happen, it might just be spontaneous. But think about what's some way that you could serve somebody specifically. And then the third is invite somebody to the family Christmas service. Like John mentioned, like I said at the beginning of the message, there are people that are tremendously lonely all the time. And they put on a face that you'd never know. And the reason we have flyers and the reason we promote events is we want to encourage all of you to invite people into this family that is Church in the Valley. And so it takes a risk just like serving does. You can't invite somebody by not saying anything. Just like you can't serve somebody by sitting down. So I encourage you, who are some people in your life that you know you should invite? And write that person's name and just pray between now and the next two weeks that you'll, you'll get an opportunity to invite them. So I, I encourage you to do that. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to hand it over to Ben, and we're going to sing some more. Let's pray. God, thank you for Jesus, and he is the reason that we have hope, and he is the light in the midst of the darkness, and He is how we are rescued in the midst of the currents that pull us under. And so, God, we we desperately need your help. And we are sinful people who want to be self-sufficient and we want to be independent of you. God, help us to remember in the midst of what we have going on that we don't have to um, perform or to put on a show to make ourselves feel better uh, in front of anyone else or in front of you. But to remember that Jesus Christ and his death and his resurrection is, is what gives us new hope. And so God, in, in the midst of everything that's going on in our lives, and for those people that just are really under it, I pray 
that that hope in Jesus will, will lift them up this morning. We ask this in your son's name. Amen.